You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Happy birthday to you. Happy (laughs) birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mickey. Happy birthday to you. Tomorrow's your birthday. It is. Comes out, you'll be a year older already. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. No. (laughs) I'm like very feeling very chill about this birthday. I'm like ignoring how old I am. It's going to be very quiet. My husband's working just like me and the kids, COVID style. So I'm like, all I want out of this birthday is a Dairy Queen ice cream cake and a fork. And then I'll be happy (laughs) until the next year. (laughs) I feel like that's very realistic expectations for a COVID birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll share if I have to, but. You did say one fork, so. I did. Yeah, that's true. I don't I don't think you have to share. And I don't think it's sanitary to like share your birthday cakes anymore, right? No. No. I mean, especially if you blow up the candles. That's like yeah. really, really risky oh, yeah. these days. And there's gonna be so many candles. So so much spit on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm sorry you have to have a COVID birthday. That's okay. It seems like literally everyone is gonna have a COVID birthday. So, yeah well happy birthday I'm sad we can't be together but I'm glad we have our podcast date so we are going to switch gears with this episode a little bit it's a topic that a lot of us don't really talk about a lot bookkeeping that's right bookkeeping so many of us have some kind of business or side hustle and so we brought on a really exciting, passionate, knowledgeable mama to chat with us about bookkeeping. And I love this episode. I think it is perfect timing to come out right now, right before tax time, get the ball rolling, get you organized. She has so many great tips and I think you all are going to love it. But before we get to that, you know, we got to hit you with our highs and lows. (laughs) So let's do it. Mickey, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, let's see. My high will be that I am now almost completely standing up straight, which is good. So I'm getting around a lot better. Um, I've been able to like take a full shower without having to like lay down in the tub part way. Like just my mobility has gotten so much better. So I'm thankful for that. I'm still not like a hundred percent back to normal or anything, but it, from where I was a month ago, it's a huge improvement. So it probably feels like normal, like now, you know? Yeah, I think I might permanently just have a hunchback because I'm just not used to standing up straight. And so I have to like physically think about it and like train my back muscles to like support my body again, which is so weird, but but it's working in the right direction. So good, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Um, My low... Well, I'll tell you guys about my la- my night situation. I, like, I just told Megan about it tonight, so I feel like I'm repeating myself, but you guys don't know yet. So, I have not been sleeping well. 
Um, my back pain has like transferred down into my leg, like a sciatic thing. So just at night, it's really hard to get comfortable. Um, and I've been like trying all kinds of different pain medicines and everything. And I just have not found something that takes it away. So I'm like tossing and turning all night. Um, and then on top of that, the last few nights, my dog has been acting super weird and like just pacing through the house with his little toenails, (laughs) click, 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 click all through the downstairs, into our room, out into the living room, upstairs. Like, I can just hear him because we have an old house, too, so you could hear everyone everywhere. It's so annoying, and he'll do it for hours. And so I, like, got up last night and went out to the living room to him. And I'm like, dude, what? Like, what's going on? Do you need to go potty? Like, and he just has been, like, non-responsive pretty much like he doesn't like his tail he just like sulks around Mm -hmm. and usually like he'll let me know if he has to go to the bathroom or something so like last night I I went he walked over to the couch and he was like sniffing the couch and I was like okay well maybe you need to get tucked in like let's tuck you in get up on the couch and I like patted up on the couch and he like wouldn't get up there and then I felt around like I I felt something on my hand and he had peed on the couch which is so not him so I like take him outside and he went to the bathroom came back in and he was just like so weird about it and so uh, he finally like I brought him in our room and put him in his bed and I he I fell asleep at some point he fell asleep at some point but um so now I'm like all googling like why is my dog pacing at night yeah why did he pee on my couch my google search (laughs) is real weird but there's like so many things that it could be he's old so it could be like dementia he could have like a bladder infection he could be bored and understimulated he could be like in pain from something Ugh, it's just so many things that it could be and I just hate that he can't just like tell me what's going on mm-hmm. um, so I tried to like play with him more today like get some of his energy out and um, I don't know we'll see how tonight goes well, and you guys just went through everything with his health like a few months ago. So you probably don't want to put him through like a bunch of tests at the vet and everything again. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, like, I, we just did blood work like, yeah. So maybe two months ago. So yeah. like, I feel like they would have found if something was going wrong with him. Yeah. That'd you would be rapid. So. Well, is he pacing already tonight or is it like only when you're in bed sleeping? Yeah. It's only, yeah. Like in the middle of the night. From, Hmm. like, midnight till, I don't know, 4 a.m. or something. So, Hmm. yeah. And he, like, sleeps most of the day. So, like, maybe he's just not tired. I don't know. So, but it makes me nervous. So, we're blocking off the stairs so he can't go up to the kids' rooms. Um, I'll just, like, I might, if tonight, if he doesn't sleep well, um, I'm going to have to, like, start putting him in his kennel at night. Which I did after his surgery and they, like, recommended because then he feels safe and, like, yeah. Doesn't just wonder. Um, but yeah, but I just hate to think like that he's getting old. I hope that's yeah. not it. And he's like going dog crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Hopefully not. We can't think like that. He's yeah. probably just bored. He's probably. yeah. He's probably just bored. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Lame. Yeah. Animal just stuff is so stressful. Yeah. And I'm just I love my sleep. And so the fact yeah. that I'm not sleeping just is not fun. It's not yeah. fun. You're like, yeah. tomorrow is my birthday, so you need to sleep tonight and let me uh, rest. I know. I'm like, everyone, shh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wake me up tomorrow. It's mommy's day. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um. All right. So I will do mine. So my high 
it's kind of funny, I guess. Um, I started watching Desperate Housewives. And I used to watch the show, like, a long time ago. Well, I found out it came out in 2004. So, like, I was still in high school. (laughs) And I was talking to my sister about it. My youngest sister, because she's also watching it for the first time. Because she's only, well, she's, oh my gosh, she's 20 now. But, so it wasn't really popular, you know, when she was coming up. So, telling her about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start watching it. I really only remember a couple things. I just remember, like, the redheaded lady and Eva Longoria's in it. And then that one guy that's, like, super hot that always has his shirt off. And she goes, you mean the teenage gardener who's 16? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Wait, that's creepy. At this point, I hadn't started watching it again. I'm like, well, yeah, if it came out in 2004, like, yeah, he was probably really hot to me back then. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. update. He's still hot. (laughs) (laughs) And he's probably not 16 in real life, okay? (laughs) Yeah, they use like 30-year-olds to play 16-year-olds. It's just funny because she called me out. But it's so weird watching the show now as like, like back then I was like a kid watching it. And now I can relate so much more like with the moms. So it's really weird watching it. I don't know. I really like it, though. So if you're looking for a binge-worthy show, it's on Hulu, and it's really, really, really good. Um, <laughs> my low. So you guys remember last week when I was telling you about Nora's owies, and she wouldn't stop picking at them. So this last week when my husband was off from work, he had the whole week off, we decided we're not going to put her down for naps. In fact, I think I said that on the last episode. So she what? we were skipping her nap. She, her poop schedule has always been when she's napping and she's totally potty trained except for pooping. She only does it like in her pull up while she's sleeping. And so I thought that was just her schedule. We'll come to find out without the naps, we got her to go on the potty a few times. And so I'm like, okay, she's just holding it for the pull up. So we got stickers that we were giving her and it was like just this awesome, exciting thing for her. And she went like, Five or six times. All of a sudden, her owies are much better. We've got her to stop picking them. The girl is so tired. I think I complained about it last week. So we're like, we've got to give her her naps and her quiet time back. Now, we'll not poop on the potty. Holds it for nap time and her pull-up. Which, honestly, I don't really care. Except for, she gets into her bed. She's all cozy. And then she poops. And then she can't sleep. So she's still not napping. At least she's getting in the quiet time, but it's like by five o'clock she's done and she's ready to go to bed. And it's like, I want to hang out with you. You can't go to bed yet. You know? So it's just like, I thought we had her trained and now she's stickers aren't cool anymore. So I think I might try like chocolate, which I just don't want to because I read in my potty training book, like you shouldn't reward them for going poop because it's just something they have to do. So you shouldn't like reward them to do it. But you know what? Screw that. Like, I'm just going to do it because I need her to poop in the potty so that she can sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you're not going to have to reward her for the rest of her life. Every time she poops, like it's a, you know, she's like a a control thing though, is what it was saying. And this is like the only parenting book I've ever read because I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what to do with potty training. And it worked like girl Mm -hmm. was potty trained. Like she had one accident, like within a week. Right. Yeah. 
But so it's like, yeah, it's like a control thing, apparently. But like, yeah. whatever, let her have the control. She doesn't get much control. In oh, her yeah. Oh, her control. Oh, yeah. interesting. Like, she gets like, like you yeah. know, it's like she's getting reward for doing something that she has to do. And then the power's um, all in her hands. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. We did jelly beans and it worked. And I still use stuff to bribe my kids to do things, so I'm, like, not the person to talk to about that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a little help, and then... Well, chocolate is how I got her to stop touching her dang owie. I gave her a, a white chocolate Hershey's Kiss. One day I was like, you see how tasty that is? Because she doesn't get candy, like, ever. Yeah. And so I was like, isn't that so good? If you don't touch your owie, you can have one of those when you wake up. And now every day she's like, I didn't touch my owie. Where's my chocolate? So Aww. I'm like, hmm... hmm. Maybe we should use that for poop. But... Yeah. <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> shot. <laughs> but yeah. One day when she listens to this when she's older. <laughs> her mom's talking about her poop schedule. <laughs> yeah, they're going to hate us. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, switching gears. Let's get a little bit more serious. Let's get down to business. So exciting. So our guest for this episode is a wife, mama to her four-year-old son, and lives in the Olympia, Washington area. She's a stay-at-home mom and remote bookkeeper with over 15 years of industry experience for entrepreneurs and small businesses. She's a bookkeeper, not a CPA, and she's going to teach us the difference. By the way, COVID has been very good for her business, and you'll find out why in this episode. So please welcome to the show, Shantae Bierman of Mama Bear Bookkeeping. Hey, Shantae. Thank you for joining us. We are so excited to talk to you about bookkeeping. Yes, but before we dive into all that, um, why don't you tell our listeners about yourself, who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. Tell us everything. Sure. Uh, Well, my name is Shantae, and I am a stay-at-home mom and bookkeeper. My business is called Mama Bear Bookkeeper because I like to have the backs of all my clients, um, and I protect their financial interest and them from the perils of bad bookkeeping. Um, I live in Olympia, Washington. And I have a son who is four and a half, and my uh, husband is wonderful as well, and he works in Tacoma, and uh, we're fairly new to the area. We relocated in March just before COVID hit, so it's been a very interesting uh, um, time of growth and adjustment, but we're making the most of it and uh, just enjoying it. That's awesome. Well, welcome to the area. How has it been like getting your business up and running in a new area during COVID? You know, uh, surprisingly and fortunately, I feel like people before pre-COVID were not as open to doing work remotely because all the work that I do is remote. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, you know, it's impersonal or, oh, we can't really trust you know, someone or, oh, we want someone in the office, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that COVID has hit, they're much more just okay and open to the remote aspect because partially it's, you know, the only option <laughs> and partially just because <laughs> it's it's something new that people have opened their eyes to and they're like, oh, this actually can work. This is great. So 
business for me has been has been great since COVID. I've I've, I've actually had um, a lot of growth in in that area because people are just okay with taking on someone who is remote. And also, I can take on people from all over. They don't have to just be within you know twenty miles of where I am, which I think is great. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Silver lining. That's yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That's Thanks. that's awesome. Well, I love that you kind of told us what the meaning behind the Mama Bear bookkeeping was, because that was one of our questions. We love that name. We think it's so clever. And I was wondering um, if you mostly work with mom-owned businesses, or it sounds like you kind of just do do everybody. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't uh, turn away anyone who is a non-parent, but um, I'd say about Half of my client base is mom-owned businesses, um, and then the other half, I like, I work with the moms to do the management portion of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so there are definitely moms involved, and basically all the people that I work with are mothers. Um, I have one client that they're just not parents and they're just business partners, but cool. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into the topic of bookkeeping. So. I, if you could clear something up for me and maybe a lot of our listeners, but what is the difference between what you do and what a CPA does? And how did you get started in your business? Sure. Well, um, aside from charging a lot less, um, <laughs> yeah, bookkeepers and myself, uh, we work with daily business data and we organize it in a clear and accurate fashion that's reflected in various reports. And those reports would be given to the CPA. And then the CPA takes that information and does what they do with it to, you know, input it into tax forms and file taxes from there, um, mm. you know, for the federal and if applicable for your state taxes. Bookkeepers work with the CPAs to give them that information that they need to file the taxes as opposed to the CPA doing that type of detective work and organization work um, because then they have to pass that cost along to the client and it saves everyone time for the bookkeeper to just do it mm-hmm. themselves. Um, also, CPAs have nothing to do with your like accounts receivable, accounts payable, and payroll. And just to clarify, accounts receivable is like if you invoice a client and, you know, they don't pay you right away or, you know, they have a net 30 terms or even just the invoicing process in general, CPA is not going to bill someone for you or, you know, follow your money for you. And then uh, accounts payable is your bills, basically. So if you owe a vendor for inventory products or even something as simple as your utility bill. That's obviously not something that they would manage or or take care of. And Mm -hmm. same applies for payroll. Um, And then on the flip flip side, bookkeepers typically don't file federal and or state taxes um, in the forms to the IRS. However, submitting something like uh, quarterly sales tax or business and occupation tax um, payments is different and that is something that a bookkeeper would and should could do that cpas usually don't um assuming that you don't have like a cpa on your staff and they're just someone you visit annually yeah cool okay so basically you do all the stuff that like we as business owners hate doing (laughs) like all of that digging and like organizing and figuring things out for the tax time that's what that's kind of where you come in and save the day yeah totally it's someone who unless you go into business to be a bookkeeper is is just not 
something that business owners should or need to be doing. <laughs> they're they're supposed to be managing their business and bookkeeping is not their business. So yeah, yeah and we just make everything, you know, from our knowledge and experience, we know what the CPA is looking for, what they want to see, what they need, you know, separated and and uh, clarified. So that way it just makes their life easier and they can, you know, just spend an hour versus four, you know, doing your taxes. And then again, it saves the client money to just have the CPA paid for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That just sounds like my eyes are like, ding. That sounds so amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, um, oh my God. Maybe I shouldn't admit this over like public radio, but we just do our own like bookkeeping. I have like a small Etsy store and home business. Um, and, and I use the term like bookkeeping so loosely because I need a lot of help with that. If I never really think about it until tax season comes along and then you like panic. So tax time is approaching for all of us. Do you have like a number one piece of advice that you could offer for people to help make things a little bit easier? Yeah, you know, um, be organized and detailed. And I know it's easy for me as a person who is just, you know, naturally drawn to bookkeeping and, um, you know, everything that that entails. It's easy for me to just say, oh, yeah, be organized and detailed because like, you know, no duh, if it was that easy, I'm sure everyone would would do it. <laughs> um, but but really, I mean, that's that's all it's going to boil down to is that if you even if you don't do your bookkeeping and I'm putting air quotes on that um, on a weekly or monthly or even quarterly basis. If you have an area where you can just go to where the information is and it's somewhat separated out, I mean, that is step number one to making your life a little less hectic and um, complicated when it comes to tax time and you start the process of, you know, however people are doing it, if they're doing it themselves, you know, however they do it, it's just you just got to break it down and, you know, everyone has their own way of being organized and detailed. Um, another piece of information would be to try and do as much of the work yourself prior to handing it over mm -hmm. to your CPA. Um, and honestly, if you can consult a bookkeeper to even just review what you've done to make sure that you did it right, because, you know, organized information isn't helpful if it's wrong. So you can be you know, have everything in Excel and give it to your CPA. But if it's wrong, then then there's no point in doing that at all. <laughs> you've, you've wasted time and cost yourself money. So, yeah. um, and, and there are bookkeepers out there. I mean, myself is, is included in that where if you just pay someone for two hours of review and auditing and just looking at bank statements and making sure that you've got it laid out correctly, then, then you're good to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have an amazing skill that I am just so happy that there are people who have that skill because the idea of being detailed and organized for me is something that I do in all aspects of my life. But when it comes to like numbers, it's just like <laughs> glazed over. Like there is no organized or detailed. That's what I hear a lot. Numbers. Everyone has like a mental block to numbers. <laughs> for yes, and I don't know what it is. So yeah. Can you think of, you mentioned Excel, can you, is there any tools that can help people kind of stay more detailed and organized, especially if they do don't really, if they don't really feel like it's their thing? 
Yes, definitely. So um, I, I personally would not recommend doing it in Excel because I feel that there are better and easier ways to do it, even from um, someone who is just not used to ever doing their books, so to speak. Um, there are online software programs that allow for automated bank fee uh, imports, like bank transactions mm -hmm. importing. Um, and I'm not a sponsor, but I'm going to recommend Wave, Wave Accounting. Um, it's really user-friendly, and it's for simple and your basic needs, you know, nothing too too complex or detailed or, you know, really deep into bookkeeping, anything to do with like accrual based businesses. But if it just for cash, even if it's personal or professional, um, you can use this. I use it for my personal finances as well. And it's made everything for, for taxes really easy. Um, and my, my clients professionally use it as well. Um, and if you do your own books, you know, you can create categories in that program um, that align with deductible costs as well as you can explain what income and uh, each expense is for without being too specific like you don't have to create a category that says ink you know you can just mm -hmm. create office supplies but you also don't want to be too vague where you just have a category that says insurance versus like health auto ex you know, business insurance etc so um that's a good one i i love wave accounting and it's just it, it, I think it's easier than Excel. Of course, it's possible to do an Excel, and it's the same thing. But you know, you could export your your bank statement transactions into Excel, and as long as you have the date, the description, and then you you know put a category next to it that's not too specific but not too vague, then that's definitely one way to do it. Um, and then you know sort it however you want to sort it. And then one more thing is if you're someone who keeps receipts, I hear about receipts a lot, like. Oh, I need a receipt for this. Oh, I have all these shoe boxes of receipts. Um, try going digital by storing them in Google Drive or a designated email inbox. Like, you know, in Gmail, you can create hundreds of, of email accounts. So create one that's just, you know, receipts for blah, blah, blah at gmail.com and just scan it and put it in there. Email it to yourself. Try to get everything paperless if possible. So, and a lot of the times you don't even need receipts. It really just depends on what the transaction is. So, I mean, I could go on about receipts for a while, but no, I love it. I'm just <laughs> seeing all these times of me just like digging through my receipts like a yeah. crazy person. Oh, I, that's a really smart idea. Okay, I have a question about Wave. Is it easier than QuickBooks? Because I just downloaded QuickBooks this year. I've been doing all of my bookkeeping on Excel. And I just thought, you know what? Like I have big goals for my business this year. I'm really going to up my game and get QuickBooks. And I just, it's, I'm using it, but it's not very user-friendly for me in a way that it's really overwhelming. I think it has more to it than what I personally need. Yes. What are your thoughts on, are they comparable or? So, um, like, yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head when you said that it, there's just a lot to it. And there is. QuickBooks offers so much and for a lot of people it's just like too much um they are definitely comparable um and i'm speaking to cash-based businesses and personal finances um businesses that have inventory and accrual based um i definitely would not use with wave um the main differences between quickbooks and wave from what I've seen is Wave doesn't offer a lot of automated um, things that QuickBooks does, where in QuickBooks you can create rules 
And um, it, you know, it's pretty smart with their AI. Don't get me wrong. It's not correct 100% of the time. And that can trip people up. Um, But I feel that Wave is more user friendly for people who have simple and basic needs and who are not familiar with bookkeeping processes and and what happens when you click a certain button, you know, in, in QuickBooks? Like it's when I was, I, I offer educational services um, as one of my services for my company. And I was teaching one of my clients, you know, there's three buttons in QuickBooks. And when you press this, it does this and this, it does this and this, it does this. And it's, it's all different, but you wouldn't know that because there's no like obvious sign of oh when I click this it goes into this and this you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's hard to just speak on to explain (laughs) versus looking at it um but I'm sure because you've visually seen QuickBooks there's you know add match and exclude um but yeah it's just it's a lot easier for you to just click a drop down menu pick a category and it's done and that's what wave offers and the reports are really simple as well so um i i for people starting and with simple needs i would recommend wave over quickbooks plus it's free and it doesn't come with all the extra bells and whistles that people don't need as well so and i wish i would have talked to you before I downloaded that, but now I'm going to be making some changes. <laughs> Always switch. It's never it's never too late to switch yeah. it over. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm mentally just like writing all this down, doing probably everything wrong. Um, and I know our a lot of our listeners have a huge range of businesses from like mm-hmm. small starting out at home making crafts in your garage to like corporations. Who should hire a bookkeeper? Like, what kind of businesses do you usually work with? So, uh, the answer to who should hire a bookkeeper is literally everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And I know, like, I'm a bookkeeper, of course, I would say that. But the the needs of each company or business is going to be different. Now, the person with the smallest startup, you know, just just entering the business world – they're not going to need a bookkeeper for eight hours a day or maybe even eight hours a month, maybe just like two hours a month, maybe, you know, or an hour a week here for a phone call. You know, it's just their needs are going to be a lot different from or co- a corporation, you know, that has uh, vendors and 1099 contractors. Um, but again, they could need a bookkeeper for an hour a day, which, you know, comes out to 20 hours a month, maybe more. Um, and with my clients, I have clients that are like that on, on both ends of the spectrum. I have people who need me every day and people who need me once a month. Um, but if anything, I mean, like I said before, you can get a bookkeeper to review what you have done and then tell you if it's wrong or fix what you've done wrong. Um, but I mean, finances are for everyone, small or big. It's just the amount of time it takes and the complexity that they are. (laughs) Do you have to own a business to use a bookkeeper or would you recommend just personal household needs? No, you definitely don't have to own a business to to consult with a a bookkeeper. Um, Usually businesses do just because they're more held to, uh, you know, tax liabilities <laughs> and so on and so forth. Um, but personally, 
I mean, just to speak to my experience before I went into business to be a bookkeeper for other small businesses. Um, and my only concern was really my personal finances. I remember the the difference between the year that I went to my CPA not putting my stuff into a software program and being organized. And then the next year when I did, it was like all these things that I found like, oh, I need to make sure that my CPA sees this so I can get credit for it. And oh, this is how much money I'm spending on this expense. I had no idea. I should probably cut back. So mm-hmm. um, even just on a personal level, I mean, to see how much money comes in, where your money goes, are you being charged for something that you shouldn't? You know, uh, are are you spending too much on something? Are you not spending enough on something? Do you have money to save? Like, there's just so many things. Should I create a budget? Like, there's a bunch of things that even on a personal level for finance that someone could benefit from even consulting with a bookkeeper, even if it's just a, you know, one to two hour consultation or someone makes a budget for you or just gives you the tools on how to move forward and take control of your finances. And also if you're in a position where you're in debt um, or you're trying to raise your credit score, that can be helpful too. Um, I I used to work at a a law firm that dealt with uh, uh, credit debt settlement and bankruptcy. Hmm. So I have some knowledge in that area as well. And working there was really eye-opening and beneficial for myself personally. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. That gives you a whole nother skill set that you can offer. That's amazing. Okay. So I have a big question. (laughs) What is the number one mistake that you see people making? And do you have tips on how to avoid that? I'm like (laughs) imagining the shoeboxes full of receipts and like... (laughs) Yeah, so um, I would say, I mean, this is going to be kind of a, a silly answer, but doing it wrong. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest mistake is, is yeah. people doing it wrong because, like, what are you supposed to do with incorrect information? So, okay. um, but second to that would probably be reflecting transactions incorrectly. Um, usually when I do consultations with people um, in the beginning before they, they uh, take me on, They'll list something as an expense versus a cost of goods sold. Um, So if they're buying, let's see, if they're buying uh, salt, (laughs) I don't know, I'm just making something up here. They're buying salt, um, and I'm talking like bath salts. If they're buying bath salts from somebody, And then they go and they have a store and they resell those salts. It doesn't matter, you know, at what price or anything. But if they list their initial purchase of the bath salts as an expense and not as a cost of goods Mm -hmm. sold, um, then that would be incorrect because your cost of goods sold can deduct your taxable income. So um, something simple like that. Also, the way that people reflect their credit cards, the credit card charges, and uh, payroll liabilities as well. Um, those, that's another another big part. Um, and one way I feel would be to fix this or you know prevent this would just to be to do some research. You know, uh, Google, watch some YouTube videos, do your best, and then again consult a bookkeeper for a review of what you've done and uh you know see if they offer any educational services and 
I again, I offer educational services um, as well as auditing services. However, ultimately, most people choose to hire me um, as their bookkeeper because they don't want to actually learn the procedures. <laughs> it's not the most thrilling thing in the world to learn. <laughs> And it's not something you can just be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and then start doing it. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an option to do education, but, you know, you, you'll see the value once you start to learn everything that you have to think about. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really cool you offer that because there are some people that, like, even if they want someone else to do it for them, they also just want to know how to do it, maybe yeah. because that does make them justify the value mm-hmm. a little bit more. Whereas there's people like me that are like, I don't want to know, just, you know, do your magic. Yeah. Um, But with that being said, what are, because this is like, if you can't tell, a very overwhelming thing for me. Mm. So what can we do to set ourselves up throughout the year to avoid feeling that overwhelm at tax time? Yeah. Um. It depending on your transaction load, uh, just set aside some time on either a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis. You know, again, just depending on how much you're dealing with. Um, the more transactions you're dealing with, I would, you know, I would suggest doing it more frequently. Um, but yeah, your choice: weekly, monthly, quarterly, some sort of time period um, to just go through, review, organize your data, um, or you know, be okay with filing a tax extension and relieve that pressure to file by April. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally like to get mine done as soon as the year turns. Um, Yeah. So um, I know I plan that once December comes around, I got to start sitting down and get everything caught up and Mm -hmm. sorted. So come, you know, January first quarter, um, which is one of my busiest times of the year. I just have a little catch up to do uh, and then I'll be good to go come, you know, mid-February. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I just am like a freak about trying to get them done by the time January is over. And then usually we're kind of waiting around for my husband's W-2 to come back or whatever. And so that's (laughs) always so frustrating, like just the waiting process. But yeah, yeah, I I don't like waiting until the tax takes. That just makes it more overwhelming. But I also have a question about, so a lot of, I've gotten a lot of different business advice. Some people say that you should file your taxes for your business quarterly, and some people say you should do it annually. What's mm-hmm. true, or is it case to case? It is case to case. It depends on their industry. Uh, some businesses have quarterly excise taxes and uh, quarterly sales tax. Some can just file annually on their income tax. When you're getting your business license, it usually says somewhere along that whole process of getting set up. Um, if you're unsure, you can always consult a CPA or the uh, state secretary. Mm-hmm. Both will be able to answer, but it is industry specific. So, okay. um, yeah, don't don't just go and file something if you think you <laughs> if you're not sure. Yeah. yeah, I just remember I was a hairstylist for ten years in a previous life, and <laughs> yeah. I just remember one of my coworkers. We were booth renters, and she would always file her taxes quarterly, and I always did mine annually. And I'm like, am I doing something wrong here? I never got in trouble, and my CPA told me that's how I should do it. So I just was always really confused about that. Yeah, with um, 
with with a hairstylist, I mean, it, again, it also depends on if they decided to incorporate themselves as a business or create an LLC or if they're purely just 1099 contractors. Um, but just to speak to uh, 1099 income, they it is suggested that you pay a quarterly amount based upon your income purely for the purpose of that come your annual filing it's not like you owe ten thousand dollars and you're unable to pay and you have this mm-hmm. huge debt and you have to owe the irs and interest and blah 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 so yeah. it's not a hard i mean f- for for 1099 it's not a hard you have to pay annual uh you have to pay quarterly excuse me mm-hmm. um it's just kind of more a, a suggestion is is what i've come to understand from other people that have had that type of income mm-hmm. um but that's just for 1099 and, and again some people would prefer to do it it's you know it's up to them in that case. But for LLCs or incorporated, it just it's very industry specific. I personally pay pay annually. Okay. Yeah. And then I just thought this would be a good time to even ask this question. So for me, I always I am an independent contractor. So I always put away twenty-five percent for my taxes. Mm-hmm. Is that the amount that you would recommend as well? That's a comfortable percentage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I have no idea what your your finances look like, right. but hopefully, you have a CPA that um, is able to find deductions and credits for you come your uh, time to file uh, anything from a small business credit to you know deductible expenses, any sort of uh, you know. Anything like that that could knock it down to where you wouldn't owe if the full twenty five percent of your uh, net income. So twenty five percent is is a very comfortable amount. I know that with um, ten ninety nine, there's that self employment tax. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I mean, you shouldn't be in a position where even if you don't have anything that it's 25% of your income that's due, that's, that's yeah. high. But like I said, it's comfortable. So yeah, I guess, Washington. I guess my question is, is there a, like, is there a percentage number that you tell people or is that more of a, is that more of a CPA question? Um, that's definitely more of a CPA question. And it also, uh, there is no set number. Um, it would be like if you had a previous year to look at or a previous tax return to look at, it would be easier to determine based upon that. Um, but no, there's there's not a set amount and it, it would be definitely geared towards your CPA. And again, just based upon because there's there's ta- there's um, income tax brackets. Mm-hmm. So that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. OK, cool. Thank you. So many factors involving I- so before we even get a chance to do it all wrong if someone is just starting out do you have advice for someone that's like just starting thinking about starting their own business um you know i don't i don't have any advice for someone who's <laughs> just trying to think you know considering starting a, a business because everyone's circumstances are so different and advice is definitely not one size fits all um i'm not an expert but based on my experience i say go for it and don't be discouraged if you're not successful within the first year 
um, and always be learning and adapting and know how to prioritize. So I feel like those are the things that I personally have uh, learned out of my experience. And uh, specifically to bookkeeping, um, if you're looking to start a business, again, consult with someone, talk with someone, get advice from a professional, look into WAVE. There's a lot of different kind of um, services uh, out there that will offer, you know, oh, we'll just do all your back end work and you don't even have to think about it for a small monthly rate. But I've noticed at least three times where I've had people come to me and they don't reflect stuff correctly. So I'm sure for some people it it works and it's fine, but for people starting out, if they don't know what they need to look for, then I would I wouldn't suggest going with one of those, you know, one size fits most back end services. But uh yeah, go for it, learn, research, and don't be afraid to ask, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good advice. And we're really big advocates over here about if you need help in your business or your life, actually asking for that help. And this is definitely something that you should not kind of try to struggle through yourself if there is that help available to you, which there clearly is. <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah, there's there's so much. And I've I learned from working in that law firm that I mentioned previously um, that if I had legal questions, that there is just so many lawyers out there that I could just call up and be like, hey, I have a question for you. Do you have 10 minutes? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's as simple as just picking up the phone and asking. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're thinking if you're at a point where this is all sounding really good to you and you might want to hire a bookkeeper, right? You sent us a breakdown on how to tell if someone can afford a bookkeeper. And I thought that was brilliant. And (laughs) would you be able to share that through the podcast or is that something that people need to like see written down? You know, it's definitely, (laughs) it's definitely easier to have a visual, but I can absolutely talk you through it. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll try my best to make it as clear as possible, but it definitely would help to to have a visual. But basically what I'm going to walk you guys through um, is the breakdown of finding out how much it costs you to do your own bookkeeping versus paying a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know the saving, the saying time is money, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of is playing into to what I'm going to uh, breakdown. So um, these are some hypo- hypothetical numbers uh, scenario that we can crunch. Um, so let's say you're a web developer. Uh, on a weekly basis, you allocate your time as follows. 32 hours on billable client site development, two hours on research, development, and education, five hours on administrative tasks such as answering emails, client communication, advertising, etc. And then three hours on bookkeeping such as billing and follow-ups and watching instructional how-to videos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you add that all up, it comes out to 42 hours worked per week. Let's say you bill at $95 per hour for site development. Now, if you recall, 32 of those 42 hours were billable hours. 
So finding your gross hourly rate, you take that $95 an hour, multiply it by the 32 billable hours, that comes out to $3,040. You divide that by the total of 42 hours worked, that comes out to $72.38 per hour. Does that make sense so far? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I'm still with okay. you, so. <laughs> you know it so makes sense. That, that's how we establish the value for your time as a, as a business owner versus just the work that you do. Um, and we can see now how much doing your own bookkeeping is costing you. So <clears throat> we had said you spend three hours doing bookkeeping. So we multiply that $72.38 by those three hours, and that comes out to $217.14. Now, I don't charge that much. You're quite an expensive bookkeeper for somebody <laughs> who doesn't do bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so based upon those calculations, it's costing you $217.14 a week for non-expert bookkeeping, which if you multiply that by four, that's $868 a month. That's a lot. <laughs> and you might be doing it wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it could be, it could be totally worthless. And then you'll end up having your, to pay your CPA a bunch of money. So, um, and again, it's not money out of, out of your pocket, of course, so it doesn't look that bad when it comes to your transactions, but time is money. I mean, that $868 could go towards something else. Those three hours could go towards something else though. That could go towards making money, you know, um, or being with your friends and family or really doing something, anything else that you would rather be doing, which is priceless. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how the breakdown works is you just find the value for your time and figure out how much time you're spending on bookkeeping and would rather go to somebody else who could probably do it, you know, in half the time for half the price. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. I, re I, I really enjoy that, especially if like, yeah, because especially around tax time and you're like crunching numbers and like, what can you afford and how to do this year? That's a really nice way, like nice foolproof way to look at it. I enjoy that. Okay. Well, that brings us to our final question for you tonight. If you could share one piece of advice on how to balance being a mom and a boss lady, what would it be? Uh, that's tough. Um, because doing both separately is uh, a challenge. Um, but doing both is also a challenge. I would say be like water, as in try to just go with the flow. Uh, give yourself grace. It's a big one. And be okay with the good days and the not-so-good days. I love it. You are full of good advice. I'm just like, every advice question that we've asked you, I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, no, no, thank you. So, all right, we're to our favorite part of the episode where we ask you, we put you on the spot and ask you to share a time in your life that you have been a total hot mess. It's your time to confess that embarrassing moment. We've all been there. So don't be afraid to go there. Uh, three hours ago. Um, no, so 
Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video, that YouTube video where it like lists all the different kinds of moms. And one of the moms is the hot mess mom. And she's, you know, got her shirt is like hanging off her shoulder and she's rocking the mom bun. Um, I feel like that's me like all the time. (laughs) Um, I feel like that most days and especially with this, this COVID lifestyle and trying to uh, occupy my tiny human who has a lot of energy, you know, for even two adults um, every day, all day and working and getting everything else taken care of, even just, you know, showering and doing laundry. Um, It's a serious juggling act that belongs in the circus show that no one (laughs) So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my hot mess moment. Some days I have my stuff together for, you know, two hours uh, as as a block. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've had hot mess moments where I'm on the phone with Verizon and something catches fire in my toaster. And I have to put that out <laughs> on the phone. So, uh, yeah, those are my, my hot mess moments, plural. <laughs> and that voice, yeah. I just know that voice, like when you're on the phone trying to keep it together and panic, yeah. and just chaos is happening in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All the, raise your hand if you've been there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a fun episode. So informative. Like, I feel... Just like we need to have some conversations off of the mic here because I'm so excited about everything you've had to say. It just seems like, first of all, it seems like obviously you know what you're talking about so well and you seem super passionate about it and just very comfortable to work with. Like you could definitely help somebody who is feeling overwhelmed and just, it. yeah, you just seem amazing. So we're so excited you got to come on and let our listeners know what you have to offer. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm here to help. That's my main goal. I, I went into business to help people who don't have the capacity or need for a full-time, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, uh, you know, staff bookkeeper. Um, cause that's what I used to do before I started my own business was I just worked for companies and doing accounting. So, um, I'm here to help people as on an as needed basis. It's another thing that I say, I'm an as needed bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm here to, I'm here to help people who just need someone. Um, Mama Bear Bookkeeper, you can uh, find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mama Bear Bookkeeper. Uh, my website is currently under construction, um, but you can always shoot me an email, Mama Bear Bookkeeper at gmail.com and for anyone who's listening today i'm offering a 30 minute free consultation when you mention this podcast and however you reach out to me awesome all right well make sure you go check out mama bear bookkeeper and we will see you all next week bye thanks for having me Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay stay bossy. bossy.